It's Sunday, it's seven o'clock, and time for the Scots Wehe Show. And that was Spearmint and Scottish Pop from the 2001 album A Different Lifetime. And I play that not only because it's a great song from one of my favourite bands from the 90s and noughties, but because it's the perfect song to kick off the show, as we will be playing you plenty of Scottish Pop and all other kinds of music. Because this is the Scots Way Hay Show, 
and my name is Ali Braidwood and you're very welcome. For the next couple of hours I'll play you the very best Scottish music, old and new, and we also have all of our regular features. Our artists of the week are Geffergeist and Pinlight, and I'll be talking to them, as well as playing their fantastic collaborative single, No Gravity. Our featured album is Dot Allison's Consciousology. I'll play a couple of tracks from it. And we've got book, TV, podcast and gig recommendations for you to consider. But before all of that, we kick the show off properly with three of the best new releases starting with the new single from Rachel Sermani, and this is Big Desire. One, two... Took a pound and chest laid crack on the ground, you were drowning. Blood filled up the wall, started crumbling. Only thing that's sure is the heart took a pound. I am sure that the heart took a pound and chest laid cracked on the ground, you were drowning. Blood filled up the wall, started crumbling. The only thing that's sure is the heart took a pound and you let go of the hand you were holding. Head turned back, sharp look, they were drowning. No such luck as they. 
and the bottom fell out. I have hope, shouts another. There was nothing to complain about. I have lost sight of interest. I feel like this is something else. That hope's getting slimmer. I live sure that the heart took a pound and chest laid crack on the ground. You were drowning. Shields. 
Well, the first of those three new releases was Rachel Sermani and Big Desire, which is taken from the album Dreamer Awake. It's coming out on the 15th of September and it's going to be launched at Asai Records in Glasgow on that day. So you can buy a ticket for that and get your copy as well. If you go over to asai.co.uk or Asai Records, you'll be able to find all the details about that. And then you heard Posable Action Figures and their new single, Sure. Posable Action Figures are Gareth Goodland on vocals and guitar and John Alexander on drums, samples and backing vocals. A two-piece electro-blues pop-rock band from Edinburgh is how they describe themselves. That follows on from their previous single, Shank, which came out earlier this year. And just there, you had the latest from Kirstine Harvey called Lifeguard. It's the second single from Kirstine's EP, Unpredictable. And she says about the song, this track explores an unrequited love story from a fly-on-the-wall perspective. In a pool of peer pressure and heartbreakers, you've got to be your own lifeguard. It's a fantastic song. Cannot wait to hear the rest of the EP because the two releases so far promise great things. Now, last week I played Chris Drever at the very beginning of the show and I promised you I would play you the recent single by Chris Drever with Kareen Pollard. And that's what I'm going to do next. This is Northern Sky.
And that was Kareen Polwart and Chris Drever and Northern Sky, a single which came out earlier this year. And more about Kareen Polwart in our interview with Geffergeist and Pinlight later in the show. We move on to our book recommendation for this week, and it's Douglas Skelton's A Thief's Justice, the latest in his Company of Rogues series. Here's a bit of blurb from the book to tell you a little bit about what's going on. London is caught in the vice-like grip of a savage winter. Even the Thames has frozen over. But for Jonas Flint, thief, gambler, killer, the chilling elements are the least of his worries. Justice Geoffrey Dumont has been found dead at the base of St Paul's Cathedral and a young male sex worker, Sam Yates, has been taken into custody for the murder. Yates denies all charges, claiming he'd received a message to meet the judge at the exact time of death. The young man is a friend of courtesan Belle St. Clair, and she asks Flint to investigate. As Sam endures the horrors of Newgate Prison, they must do everything in their power to uncover the truth and save an innocent life before the bodies begin to pile up. But time is running out and the gallows beckon. And this is one of the books I've been looking forward to most this year. Douglas Skelton's previous book in this series, the first one, An Honourable Thief, introduced readers to Jonas Flint and The Company of Rogues. And it was historical fiction at its most exciting. Imagine Robert Louis Stevenson meets... Alexander Dumas meets 60s TV show The Flashing Blade. A Thief's Justice builds on that novel and cranks the action and excitement up a number of notches. As with the best series, there are characters who we now know and care about, and Skelton builds on those relationships as well as introducing new names and faces. Few writers thrill as Douglas Skelton does, no matter the genre, but with these Company of Rogues novels, he has a series which is essential reading already. Roll on, book number three. And that's me talking about Douglas Skelton's A Thieves' Justice, which is published by Canelo. Return now to some new music, and this is the latest from Lloyd's House, and it's called Ribbons. Oh. It's time we
love that. That is Rosie H. Sullivan and Chapters. And before that, you heard the latest release from Lloyd's House. Great to have new music from Lloyd's House. It's called Ribbons and it's taken from the Masochist EP, which is due out on the 20th of October on Wish Fulfillment Press, which seems like the perfect home for Lloyd's House. Now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break, that time in every show where I play your track longer than those usually played on the radio and this time it is the full 6 minutes and 41 seconds of Teenage Fan Club's Gene Clark.
And that was Teenage Fan Club and Gene Clark, taken from the often overlooked 1993 album 13. And that was Ali's comfort break for this week. Another couple of new releases in a row now, starting with Finn Brody, and this is Home Run. Was it good one and I caught bullet from the first gun on the first sun and I am not waiting for a green light on a dark night so I fought everything was alright always ready to fight like I was taught didn't understand why you would cry Guess it, I just didn't want to know You held 
hold my hand like I was dying Or like you knew I was trying to let go I guess I told you so Now I stare at the walls of my
cracking song that is. Real kind of ska punk vibes going on there. It's called Killing Time. It's by the Zebex, who are originally from Elgin, but now are in Glasgow. And they are a band with a very exciting future. Can't wait to hear more and play you more from the Zebex, hopefully very soon. And before that, you heard Finn Brody and Home Run, which is taken from Finn's new EP of the same name. And I think Finn Brody has such a warmth to the voice, but also to the songs themselves. And now it's time for our TV recommendation for this week. And it's a programme that aired on BBC Alaba, but which is available to catch up with on iPlayer. And it's called The Real Jekyll and Hyde, The Story of Deacon Brody which is one I didn't really know much about. Here's a little bit more about it so you get an idea. For the millions of tourists who flock to Edinburgh each year, the Royal Mile is a big draw, packed with buskers, lined with souvenir shops, and with its dark, intriguing little closes either side. Lots of visitors will stop for a refreshment at Deacon Brodie's Tavern, a popular landmark. But how many know that the real-life Deacon was hanged for his crimes? Who was the man who inspired Stevenson's Jekyll and Hyde? And why does he remain such a figure of affection in the city of his birth? This is the story of William Brodie, the man who had everything to lose. And it's a really interesting story. I had no idea about the Robert Louis Stevenson connection. Here's a bit more about Deacon Brodie, just to give you more of a background before you decide to watch the programme or not. He was a greatly respected member of Edinburgh's society and a skilful cabinet maker plus member of the town council, as well as being deacon of the Incorporation of Rights and Masons. However, unknown to most gentlefolk, Brodie had a secret nighttime occupation as a leader of a gang of burglars, an extracurricular activity that was necessary to support his extravagant lifestyle, which included two mistresses, numerous children and a gambling habit. It's a really fascinating programme. There's kind of reconstruction, dramatic reconstruction, as well as various talking heads talking about the life and times of William Deacon Brodie. And it also reminds me, I haven't had a pint in Deacon Brodie's tavern for quite some time. I must rectify that the next time I'm through in Edinburgh. It's called The Real Jekyll and Hyde, the story of Deacon Brodie, and it's available on iPlayer at the moment on the BBC Alaba channel. Now we move to our featured album for this week, and it's a beautiful album. It's Dot Allison's Consciousology, and from it, this is Mother Tree. Like the song and 
that was Dot Allison and Mother Tree, taken from our featured album for this week, which is Dot Allison's Conscious Ology, and I'll play another track from it later in the show. You're listening to the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood, and it's back to the new releases. This is the latest from Majesty Palm, and it's called Easy.
And that was Majesty Palm and Easy. Majesty Palm, a band who just get better and better with each release. And that is the latest from them. Now it's time for our Artists of the Week. And in a moment, I'll be talking to Geffergeist and Pinlight after you've heard their terrific single. This is Geffergeist and Pinlight and No Gravity.
And you've just heard No Gravity by Geffergeist and Pinlight. And I'm delighted to be joined by Geffergeist and Pinlight now. Hello, both. Hello. Or I should say hello, all. <laughs> so how did, uh, well, first of all, tell us about No Gravity. Whoever wants to start with that. Sure, well, it was a collaboration track written by uh, myself of Pinlight and Fiona of Geffergeist. Uh, we wrote it back in January of 2023. And yeah, it was, um, it's quite a, a, um, a soaring track, I think is the word that's been used to describe the, the feeling of it. And um, it's quite a nice sort of meeting point between our styles as artists as well. So yeah, it's a real pleasure to work on it. And from Geffergeist's point of view, what have you got any more to say about it than that? So I can corroborate that story. That's what happened. That's, That's what, what happened. happened. We had a, a day at the Song Seeds um, retreat, sorry, songwriting retreat that Jenny and I went to, um, and we had a workshop with Corinne Polwart, who um, oh, wow. is fantastic. And her challenge was to collaborate with another artist, I think. And Jenny and I, because we knew each other previously, we were like, let's just let's just go and get it. It'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> It went really well. Yeah, it was it was it was really fun working with yourself, Jay, but also quite daunting because you had all those like books and <laughs> all this like stuff about how to write songs and all this knowledge. And I was like, I don't, I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> I'm a big nerd, it must be said. <laughs> formally trained. So yeah, formally trained big nerd. <laughs> but I must say, as soon as I knew that there was a you know potential that we might be asked to collaborate with somebody at Song Seeds. I was immediately like, oh, I'm going to write with Fiona. I'm going to write with Fiona. Oh, <laughs> so I'm really glad that that came about first. I tell you, I envisioned that everyone else was taken and it was just... Like when we used to pick football teams in the playground. Really yeah, not. But I'm interested then, what, what's it like co-writing? Is that some Fiona, is that something you've done before, co-writing? Yeah, I do all the time with Neil, I suppose. Don't I suppose I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's like pulling teeth. It's not like pulling teeth. Yes. <laughs> well, often, what happens usually is that I'll have like the bare bones of a song, so like lyrics and melody and chords and stuff, and I'll give it to Neil in like a rubbish demo that I've knocked up in Logic, and then Neil will take it and make it, you know, amazing. Um, I, I really like collaborating. It helps me not... Um, throw everything out in the bin as soon as I'm finished writing it. It helps me just having another brain, another pair of ears on it helps me see more value in it than my sort of very like warped critical mind would think of my own stuff basically. So I think there's a lot of value in, in collaborating with somebody. Why are you laughing? Nothing I'm the same as well. <laughs> All right, okay. Just having it put into words. Yeah. <laughs> and Jenny, is that something you've done before in terms of collaborating on songs? Yeah, I mean I've done a wee bit. Um some co-writing and I, I used to play in a band and we would write songs together there to some extent although I was you know kind of bringing it the same way that Fiona was saying I would be bringing the bare bones structure and then we'd workshop the rest of it but for Pinlight I'm pretty much being a lone wolf to be honest and I, I really enjoy doing it all start to finish myself which is I find really gratifying but that being said you know keen to learn from other people and get better at co-writing as well, because it's a different skill, I think, to co-write um, a song than to write on your own. I yeah. just like go produce it all and release it myself, because I think I need someone else there to tell me when it's actually finished, otherwise I'll just keep sitting on it and just like adding more and more stuff to it. That's also my job, is to tell them when it's finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where the proposed 18-minute long version comes from. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what happens when I don't have anyone to tell me to stop? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm interested. You spoke about this being a challenge set to you by Corinne Pollard, and this is something I'm coming across quite a lot, and with writers as well as musicians, is often if you go to courses, or that that's part of it. It's like you're given something, an idea that right, go and do something on that. Is that an increasing part of of these kind of uh, courses that people go to? I'm not sure. That was my first one, I think. And I was I was sort of um, uh, happy about it, but also some some of the days it just didn't really click with me. Some of the challenges that we were given, um, but it was a good it was like motivator to like get started with an idea in mind. I didn't mind that, but I've not done that's that was the only one I've done. I'd like to do it again, but that's the only one I've done. Jenny, have you done more? No, exactly the same. Like that's the only one I've done. I suppose in person, like I've maybe done some. I've done some online songwriting sort of courses slash retreats and you know you're kind of given the task to work on which is helpful but nothing quite like song seeds which was just amazing and I, I wish I could do it again but I can't make the next one so well, I think it's like over like they've, they've got so many applicants now they're like over uh, yeah um, but yeah I'd like to do it again as well if I can I can't do that I can't do every single one because that's mm. insane that's a lot of holidays to take but uh, <laughs> one every couple of years I think is a good idea mm-hmm yeah, we also had um so sorry Ali. We we also had uh, challenges from uh, Matt Hickman of Brown Bear and Joe Dark of various bands. Twisted, <laughs> yeah. was that our main one? Twisted, yeah, Gyro Babies and Minerva Wakes. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So it's this kind of an increase an example of the increasing collaboration that's going on, not just when recording music, but just in learning more about how the, how other people work it seems to me that it's quite a, a kind of growth area i'd say so it was nice to see other songwriters in different genres than me um I explain how they how they do it um and if there's like a method to it and, and, they, and by the end of the week i just left thinking there's not there's not a method to it no. everyone's different and every way is okay um which is, is just quite reassuring and then you leave with lots of tools but if you are stuck you can sort of pull upon their advice and see if any of them work for you. Like not everything's going to be an exact matchup, but you can at least try different things and not just stay kind of stuck. So yeah, I left, I left with like a lot more knowledge about songwriting than, than when I went in. And I can finish songs much quicker now. <laughs> you never really had any pro- problem with that though. Well, uh, it's okay. I can you, start and finish songs. It's annoying you could go into a room and then come out with a finished song in like two hours. Yeah. Or it takes me like two years. <laughs> <laughs> So did 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 this do these courses change the dynamic of Geffergeist as uh, Neil? Do they roll this? Oh, I can't deal with this new uh, new Fiona. Or now that you mention it. <laughs> well, I sent you the, the demo we made on the day, and you said, "Yeah, it's great." Send me the stems. All that's that true. Was it, yeah. I think you sent me a whole bunch of other songs you're really happy with, and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send, send me send me that one you said to Jenny though." <laughs> you liked that one the best. So that's the one that we did. <laughs> nice. But I, I guess going back to these courses and just kind of get togethers, it does seem that because people from different genres are coming in, I mean, Matt Hickman and Joe Dark are a great example of two people that make very different music, then people are maybe uh, investigating. We spoke earlier on about you working with Conscious Root, you know, investigating different genres and kind of cross collaborating across genres. Mm. I don't know if there's a question in there, but it's. <laughs> That seems to be that seems to be what's happening more and more, which is really exciting. I think. 
Well, you know, I think, um, oh, sorry, Fiona, I, I think the pandemic has positively influenced that kind of thing, in my opinion, because while we were all locked down, I feel like the, you know, the the barriers to collaboration, we had to find ways around them and people were collaborating online more and more, which means that you're then traversing distance and then it becomes, well, what other barriers and in inverted commas can you cross with that method? So. Yeah, that's kind of my perception of it. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. I mean, I before I met, before we started working together, I didn't write any electronic music at all. Like I was just doing very kind of like uh, singer songwriter stuff. I didn't have any idea about that. But then uh, Neil showed me his stuff, and I was like, "This could maybe work." So that's this is kind of a cross collaboration yeah. in itself, to be honest. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think you're the only person I'd really enjoy working with. I'm not a very collaborative person. I usually am a bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I can work with Fiona is she's easy enough to let me kind of just like bullheadedly do my own thing. I'm easy going. That's easy the going. That's the word. Push over you. <laughs> no, not at all. No, she'll put her foot down if she thinks like either a song's finished or like I'm taking it a direction she really doesn't want to go in. Yeah. But usually, yeah, you're fairly usually like most of what I do, mm. which is good because I can't do it any other way. <laughs> And you know, you were saying that you were previously in a band. Is working solo, so to speak, although you will be obviously working with other people. How does that change the way you make music? Is it easier? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I find it. I do find it easier um, because uh, yeah, I get to make all the concrete decisions without having to. I debate them internally, and I've got you know. Um, yeah, there's, I suppose there's different voices there, trying to pull myself in different directions. Um, but I, I do find it easier and a bit more satisfying writing on my own, usually. But yeah, certainly exceptions to that, like working with Fiona, for sure. Sorry, Neil, I'm just going to say, do you think it's something you might expand further or do again, or is this just a one-off? I'd like to write together again. Yeah, I mean, this one was really, really easy to do. It came together really quickly. I think Our demo was like, we only did the demo in four hours and we had most of it there. And then, yeah, yeah. from like the very, from starting with nothing as well, which is just yeah. amazing. So, yeah. Sometimes it just works. I mean, songs either take me two days or two years. Of, yeah. I was saying, this is, you know, <laughs> one of the former. Because mm-hmm. I did it, just, it came together really, really well, and all the kind of ideas I added to it seemed to work. And then, you know, most of the kind of musical stuff was already there from the yeah. original demo. Fleshed mm. out a little bit. I actually had very little to do with this all. Yeah. Well, basically, I'd be happy to write with Jenny again. Yeah. Let's fucking polish it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Shine. Mm-hmm. Neil, you were saying that you know. You, it's you found it difficult working with other people, but you work well with Fiona. Is it quite difficult to find the right, and this goes to all of you, the right people to work with? Is it quite a rare thing? For me, yeah, but I'm a bit of a miserable vampire, though. I'm, no, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to like uh, writing music. I got like a specific idea, and I want to implement my ideas and all that stuff. So, like, it says more about Fiona than it does about me that she's willing to work with me. And he doesn't just make all the sins or I'll convince him if something's a bad or good idea yeah, or yeah. have a different idea. I know that if she digs her heels in then yes. then it's definitely something she feels strongly about yeah. then I, I won't just, you know. I mean, I've, I've worked with lots of different sort of uh, singer-songwriter projects. I've worked with, with Jack Hinks for a long time 
and this was stuff with spoken word and yeah i've enjoyed it. it's all been very different i've enjoyed all of it i think but this this is probably my favorite one because i get to with jack and everybody else it was kind of other people's songs that i sort of added to whereas this is kind of 90% sorry of my material that I'm like leading and singing and stuff like that. 90%, it's not 90%. Uh, yeah, it's nice to be the front person singing your own music basically. I've not had that before so that's why I quite like it. That's true. It also helps that she does all the things that I can't do. Yeah. Like writing lyrics and singing well. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very much embroiled in the production, the compositional aspects. I think I tried to write lyrics once and Fiona tore them up in front of me and made me I did it. I just said it's it's not good. Oh, she did. She spat all over them and said, these are terrible. <laughs> Metaphorically spat all over them and ripped them in your face. Sure, metaphorically. <laughs> it's, it's, it's left a scar, I can tell. <laughs> not at all. I think it was a good learning process because she was like, Neil, these lyrics are terrible. And I was like, yeah, you want to do better lyrics? Go yeah. ahead. And she... Went into our room for an hour and came out with the, just a way better <laughs> song. So I decided I'm not going to touch lyrics anymore. Mm. I, try, I'm t- I try to use too many big words. She it does. Says. It's silly. It's really silly. Um, that sounds like a songwriting uh, group. That's a tough love songwriting group. It's a very different thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't imagine Kareem Paul works. <laughs> no, the no, no, she, she was very nice. She was very lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenny, you mentioned uh, how lockdown has maybe had uh, a, an effect uh, on such kind of collaboration, people kind of reaching out across genres and styles and things. But I wanted to ask, I was thinking about this because I was at the Fringe recently, and it did seem to me that the Fringe was kind of back in as full effect as I can remember it from uh, before lockdown. How are you feeling about gigs and music in general? Do you think that is still got a way to go or is it kind of coming back? I don't really know. I'm, I I don't gig super often. I just I don't really seek gigs out. I let them come to me. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm probably not the best person to answer that. I definitely agree about the fringe feeling like it's back in full swing. Although I'll be interested to see the the stats on how ticket sales compared to last year and to 2019 because I know last year they were still down like yeah. 40 something percent or something, weren't they? So. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see for sure. But yeah, I mean, Fiona and Neil, you've been doing much more gigging than I have recently. What's your thoughts? Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, to be honest. Like, some of them have quite good attendance. Some of them have fairly shocking attendance. And that might not be the fault of anybody. It could be just the weather or the promotion didn't go very well or it's too expensive or it's on a Monday night. It could be a bunch of stuff kind of combining together. Um but yeah, I don't know that it's 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 there's definitely the fringe itself is definitely I think if I saw the stats it would be up from last year because a bunch of people seem to have sold out their whole run which is really exciting the people I know um which is great news but in terms of like live gigging I don't know Neil's not a fan of it in, in the slightest so <laughs> I like writing the music gigging it I could probably take or leave yeah there you go mm-hmm. sorry all our fans <laughs> he doesn't want to be there um. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, attendance is a bit up and down at the minute. Maybe we'll be back. Um, yeah. Do you know what my um, perception actually is uh, of the, the, you know, not too many gigs that I've done post-lockdown, but thinking about that experience compared to um, the sort of theatre comedy shows that I'm involved with, other performance avenues I'm involved with, the change we've seen post-pandemic is that people are buying tickets much more last minute than they used to Um, and I think that's the same for gigs as I say from my limited experience but people are you know kind of 
less willing to commit to things in advance and kind of showing up. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Do you guys think that? I'd say, yeah, I mean, we've not really been, you know, known to to, to push tickets on people too mm-hmm. much, to be honest, because it's usually support slots, and if we get our, you know, our regular mates to come, we're kind of happy with it. Yeah, um, I wouldn't come see us play. Well, of course not. <laughs> if we did a headline gig, we'd, we'd be able to compare, but, um, yeah, yeah. Not, not sure currently about tickets or anything like that. We're doing festivals just now, and that, again, is not really up, up to us who comes to the festival. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be, like, some of them... I think only a couple of the really big festivals this year have had to postpone again. Um, Vibration had to postpone. Doom was a whole state that we just not will not get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them seem to have had pretty successful years again. So it's just as a mixed bag, I think, all across the board right now. So it's not fully back. Cost of living, I think, is affecting a lot of stuff as well with people mm-hmm. spending money on going out. And yeah. I think from a punter's point of view, there's just so much on at the moment, a bit like there's so much music being released. There's so many gigs being put on, you know, you could literally go to two or three really good gigs most nights, um, which, you know, you just can't do with the best in the world. So um, what's next for you guys? Let's start with you, Jenny. What's going to next for Pinlight? Uh, well, I've got kind of a backlog of songs, to be honest, that I'm really keen to get out there. I'm just uh, intermittently working hard on funding applications, what a couple I'm waiting to hear back from, because I really want a good cash injection to do it all properly and yeah, give, give the songs the love and care I think they deserve. But yeah, I've got hoping for album two at some point, but I'll you know get some singles out in the interim and yeah, see what other gigs come my way. Yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> And Gaffer guys, what's going on with you guys? I think that's kind of our plan too, is we're going to sort of knuckle down and get the album um, finished. So we'll be quiet for a while, get it finished, and then release a couple from it, and then try and do the album thing. And again, fund the applications as well, which, thank you for reminding me, Jenny, I do actually need to start. (laughs) (laughs) And gig-wise, we're playing Out With Festival next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's unfairly. So it's like around the corner from our house. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> a local gig. Um, and after that, yeah, just kind of working on the album, really trying to get it finished. Yeah, the best way like, can. I mean, I kind of took a step back from gigging mm-hmm. in favour of working on the uh, the actual music. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is fine with me. So we've got a massive backlog of songs that we need to yeah. spruce up and finish. But mm-hmm. and they're not all seven minutes long, so that's good anyway. <laughs> So you say, so you think. Well, I don't even know how long the album's going to end up. I don't know. Sick, Lord of the Rings extended album. edition. <laughs> play over the top of it, it matches up perfectly. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been great catching up with you all. Great That's to catch pleasure. up with you too. Yeah. And this is Geist and Limbo, followed by Pinlight and Armour. Descends towards the end Every grain of passing place For moments left too late No 
of circumstance, no dire consequence to comprehend. Let the world fade from sight. I am hypnotized. Here I lie. The colors pierce my eyes. Kaleidoscopic lights hang in limbo of my mind. I hear you cry. A wall of thundering silence. You're singing. Sorrow's my guidance to lead me back to your
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and that was Pinlight and Armour, and before that you heard Geffergeist and Limbo. And thanks again to Pinlight and Geffergeist for taking the time to have a chat. This is the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood, and next is a new release from a Scots Wahey favourite. This is Barry Can't Swim and How It Feels. <laughs> That was Barry Can't Swim and How It Feels. Few things in life are as reliable as the music of Barry Can't Swim, and that's another great example. Now it's our podcast suggestion for this week, and it's the Missing Madonna podcast, which is available on BBC Sounds at the moment. The nine-part series from the award-winning BBC Scotland podcast team that produced Bible John and the Cruelty features never-before-heard secret recordings and asks serious questions about the way in which stolen artwork is returned in the UK. The compelling tale brimming with twists, turns and double crosses begins with two men posing as tourists, overpowering a Drumlanrig castle guide, snatching the multi-million pound masterpiece and fleeing the scene in a battered white Volkswagen Golf. Missy Madonna is told by Olivia Graham, daughter of Robbie Graham, and it features interviews with some of the main players in this real-life drama as well as experts in the field of recovering stolen artwork. Olivia travels across England and Scotland to piece together a story that hit the headlines on more than one occasion and had a huge 
and lasting impact on her family. And all episodes of The Missing Madonna are available on BBC Sounds now. And I've listened to the whole thing and it's a fascinating tale. Really, really interesting and really well told. It's called The Missing Madonna. It's our podcast suggestion for this week and it's available now on BBC Sounds. Next is yet another new release. It's been a great week for new releases. This is Blue Lips and Scattered.
band that was Blue Lips and Scattered. Blue Lips is the self-produced brainchild of Glasgow-based theatre frontman Ryan Tate. And I have to admit, that's the first I've heard from Blue Lips, although they released a lot of music last year, which I must investigate further, and hopefully we'll have some more new music from them very soon. Now we return to our featured album for this week, which is Dot Allison's Consciousology. From it, this is Shyness of Crowns.
and that was Dot Allison and Shyness of Crowns, taken from the gorgeous album Consciousology, which is our featured album of the week. is out now. Highly, highly recommend it. Now it's time for our pick of the gigs for the week ahead. I'm going to start on Wednesday the 6th of September at the Glad Cafe in Glasgow where Dignity Row, Dora Lachaise and Johnny Slater and Jodie Differ are playing. And on Thursday the 7th of September, Gareth Williams will be taking his songs from the Last Page Project to the Lemon Tree in Aberdeen. I'm still hoping we'll get Gareth on the show to talk about songs from the last page because the album is one of my favourite albums of the year. It's fantastic. Joseph Malik will be launching his album Proxima Ebony on Friday the 8th of September at the Voodoo Rooms in Edinburgh. And on Saturday the 9th, the Layaways, the Mundos and Pistol Daisies will be at the Flying Duck in Glasgow. And Dead Pony, who are also favourites of Scots are touring most of next week. On Wednesday the 6th of September, they will be at the Tunnels in Aberdeen. On Thursday the 7th, they'll be at Tooth and Claw in Inverness. Friday the 8th, they'll be at St Luke's in Glasgow. And on Sunday the 10th of September, next Sunday, they will be at Sneaky Pete's in Edinburgh. Now, a few of those gigs are sold out, but do check and you might still be able to get along to see them. And that's our pick of the gigs for the coming week. And I thought I would play you the latest single from Dead Pony. This is Cobra.
just gorgeous that is John Edge and Dearest Listen and John says Dearest Listen is a song I wrote about eight years ago its meaning changes over time for me but it's essentially a song about how we all make beautiful connections with people who sometimes don't stay in our lives before that you heard Dead Pony and Cobra the latest single from Dead Pony and if you get the chance to catch them on tour don't miss it and that's all, folks, for this week. You have been listening to the Scots We Hay Show with me, Ali Braidwood. If you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, go to camglenradio.org forward slash listen again, or you can head to scotswehay.com where all the old shows are waiting for you.
Next up on Cam Glen is Paul Puppet with The Spangled Show. And I hope we can meet up next Sunday at 7 o'clock and do it all over again. I'm going to leave you with a band referenced in the first song on the show, if you can remember that far back. This is The Pastels and Truck Train Tractor. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.
Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Cam Glen Radio. Community announcements. NHS Lancashire is running a campaign to encourage more young men to talk about and take care of their sexual health after a 64% drop in men attending clinics. Many STDs are symptomless, despite many waiting for symptoms to appear before being checked out. Go to LancashireSexualHealth.org, that's LancashireSexualHealth.org, to see the full range of options available. Campus Lang Universal Connections is setting up a new drop-in group to provide a safe and friendly space for men to meet up, talk and support each other. There will be a pool table, dartboard and other games and will soon offer other fun and practical activities such as cooking, IT activities and anything that you might wish to see. The group will meet on Fridays from 10am to 12pm at Campus Lang Universal Connections on the main street. And finally... Leap Project are running joint classes every Thursday from their base on Craig Allen Avenue from 6 to 8pm. It's £5 per class and all materials will be provided. Call 0141 641 5169 or email inquiries at leap-project.co.uk to register. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event,